back to Lightshed Research, a podcast that puts our research notes in your ears for your convenience. July 21st, 2022. AT&T's Q2 is actually good. Here's why. I know the Lightshed mantra is to not publish earnings previews or reviews, but the move in AT&T stock today compelled us to provide our views on the free cash flow debate. We believe AT&T stock was down today primarily on bad forecasting of its working capital. Yes, we needed to cut our estimates on government and business wireline, but the increases to our wireless and fiber estimates largely offset that. It's startling that the stock would sell off this steeply on working capital, but management is largely to blame. Free cash flow guidance should not be this complex, and investors shouldn't include ephemeral working capital benefits in their calculations. We highlighted the problems with AT&T's free cash flow guidance in March. At that time, we called out its liberal use of rounding, aversion to simply stating a cash tax estimate for presumably political reasons, and ultimately the use of working capital and direct TV distributions in their free cash flow presentation. These are not items that should be used when comparing free cash flow yields across companies, so therefore, we don't. We suspect that when AT&T management guided free cash flow back in March, it feared the potential shock of a 2022 free cash flow guide of just $10 billion that excluded $4 billion of direct TV dividends and $2 billion of positive moves in working capital. $10 billion in the context of a $9.8 billion dividend would have been jarring. Maybe that was too much for investors to digest at the time. They got that digestion today. No need to cut the dividend. We do not believe there is a need for AT&T to cut its dividend further. Its core business is performing well, and the 5G CapEx cycle should be winding down. In 2023, we believe AT&T can generate over $12 billion of free cash flow. That is before any working capital benefits or headwinds, and before their expectations of $3 billion of direct TV distributions. We also expect debt leverage to drop below three times next year. We expect free cash flow to rise further to over $17 billion in 2024, as CapEx drops by $4 billion. Wireless is solid. AT&T's wireless performance was solid in Q2. The increased pricing on its rate plans did not spike churn and helped deliver postpaid phone ARPU growth for the first time in over two years. This ARPU growth is notable given the overhanging investor concerns that non-cash, contra-revenue accruals tied to handset promotions would clip reported revenue growth. This also sends a signal to the wireless industry that there is pricing power in this market. We expect ARPU to improve further in the second half of the year. AT&T grew wireless service revenue by 4.6% in Q2, and its postpaid phone revenue growth topped 5%. That is better than expected and still hasn't fully benefited from the migration of Dish's wholesale revenue. It's also important to note that AT&T's revenue growth is not helped in the near term from wireless home broadband subscriber growth like its peers. We believe it's too early to determine if T-Mobile and Verizon can reach their longer-term home broadband subscriber growth targets despite what is likely to be very strong growth in the near term by early adopters. Profitless Prosperity Investors are understandably concerned that AT&T is buying revenue growth with handset subsidies to both new and existing subscribers. In addition, the success-based investments that AT&T management referenced on today's call are likely higher sales commissions paid out to distribution channels for switchers. Yet, AT&T grew wireless EBITDA and its upgrade rate was down year-on-year. 
AT&T's lower upgrades from existing subscribers more than offset the growth in gross additions. It reflects a lengthening of the upgrade cycle, which CEO John Stanky expects to extend throughout 2022. Investors should be sure to compare AT&T's higher gross ads and lower upgrade rates in Q2 to Verizon's Q2 metrics reported tomorrow. We expect Verizon's short-lived device promotions in Q2 will have increased the upgrade rate of existing subs while showing little benefit to gross ads. Wireless EBITDA growth for AT&T was 2.5% in Q2. We believe this will accelerate in future quarters based on the layering of dish wholesale revenue and higher ARPU. We also recently outlined five areas in which operators could cut expenses to drive better free cash flow growth. Fiber, good. Fiber net ads were better than expected and were up 25% compared to last year. This further validates our industry assumptions of target market share for fiber overbuilders and the increased share that can be obtained in legacy markets. We believe this will result in lower than expected broadband subscriber growth for cable operators. AT&T reiterated its plans to increase fiber locations passed by $4 million this year. Business bad. We are cutting $300 million out of our business revenue and $500 million out of our EBITDA estimates in 2022. This is a result of now expecting a 6.5% decline in revenue versus our prior estimate of 5.5%. This is due to the government and macro concerns outlined by the, by the company. What's next? We don't expect Verizon and T-Mobile to validate AT&T's late customer payment issues, especially if the delta on DSOs was only a few days. Is this a future risk? Sure. But the biggest risk of economic weakness is migration back to prepaid from postpaid, a dynamic that has bolstered industry postpaid phone growth. We continue to believe wireless operators can increase price and cut costs. We previously identified five cost-cutting areas. The low-hanging fruit is the phone subsidies, especially if higher sales commissions have proven more effective. This would not be a positive development for Apple given the uncertain economic outlook. Reiterate by, there is no change to our $26 price target, which implies a TEV to EBITDA multiple 8.7 times our 2023 EBITDA estimate. As a reminder, we fully load our TEV with future estimated spectrum costs and tax and pension liabilities. Our implied target multiple would be 7.4 times if we excluded these items like our peers. Our target implies a most importantly, a 2023 free cash flow yield of 6.4%. Thanks for listening. See you after Verizon.